When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 42nd episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp, and I'm joined today by one very special temporary guest host. Joining us for the first time, we have the two-time NAIC champion, Stefan Ivanov. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Thank you for being here. So we have a very special episode today. We're going to get to know Stefan a little bit better with some of those rapid strike questions. Then we're going to get into a discussion on the expanded format. First little bit is what are some of the differences between standard and expanded? And then get a little bit of a deep dive of what does expanded look like right now? What's actually going on in the format? And then we'll do some questions from Twitch chat. As always, we're recording this live on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore magic So Stefan. Are you hmm. ready for those rapid strike questions? Perfect. Right. So oop, let me get my stopwatch. So you're going to have 60 seconds to answer as many as you can. No explanation. Just okay. straight off the top of your head. <laughs> Here we go. Question number one. Winter or summer? Winter. What's your favorite snack? Um, chocolate. You prefer TV or movies? Movies. Favorite deck that you've ever played? Um, Empoleon de Snore. Uh, would you rather be late to something or be early? Um, early, but I tend to be late more often. <laughs> What's your favorite emoji to use? Um, the one that's, um, uh, like, sweat smile, I think. Ooh, yeah. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking. <laughs> what's, okay. your, what's your favorite TCG accomplishment? Um, I mean, I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty proud of winning NAIC. Although, if I, like the the fun answer is that I once won uh, a battle road with um, Empoleon um, Swampert just before in 2015. Before the this is a bit supposed to be rapid strikes. So I'm not gonna gonna explain, but yeah, I won the battle road with a deck with two stage twos, and then people thought I was gonna play that for nationals in the era of Toad. I want to give you a couple more questions just for the sake of. It's always yeah, fun to yeah, get them, sorry. but I want to come back to that too, because sure. I don't know what that deck is. Anyway, okay, let's try a couple more. Toppings on your perfect pizza? Um, I mean, um, cheese, ham, or something like this, um, um, uh, mushrooms, cool. and olives. Nice. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> what color sleeves do you prefer to use? Um, either pink or black. Cats or dogs? Yes. Juniper, Sycamore, Ochre, Magnolia. Juniper, always. <laughs> and then I just have to ask this one, but favorite subject in school? I mean, I, 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 I was a math teacher, so I'm going to say math. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that one out there because I know your background. Yeah. As a fellow teacher, I always want to be able yeah. to rep 
I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to come back Thank to this Empoleon Swampert deck. Right. So is this? Um, so, please tell me what's happening because this is before I played the game. Yeah. So that was. I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. This was in 2015. Um, I think it was when the last set that was uh, that had come out was Primal Clash, and in that time you had a, like. Um, Seismitoad EX was the best, well, one of the best cards around, one of the best decks. Uh, you had this, so it was before, um, before Shaymin EX. Uh, it wasn't out yet when we had our nationals in France, but, um, you would have, so for those who don't know Toad, uh, Seismitoad EX, aka Toad, <laughs> uh, deals. 30 damage and uh, item locks the opponent for the next turn for one DCE. And so you had all sorts of deck that you would just play uh, Sismitoad, use that attack, quicking punch all game long. Uh, it would not do a lot of damage, but you would add Hypnotic Laser um, for poison damage to, to that would add up. You would play cards like scoop up, um, Super Scoop Up to heal, um, Crushing Hammer to, I mean, you know, Crushing Hammer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Plenty of energy nail cards, and then you play Lysander's Trump card to uh, shuffle every card back into both players' deck, and then you could play the hammers again, and so on. So you would just lock the opponent, and um, and then they would be very, be very sad, and you would eventually <laughs> win. Uh, it was a, it was one of the best decks around, and obviously having a a card that would just prevent uh, item cards from being played meant that stage two decks were not in a very good place. Um, you you had other decks, right? You had the Virus and Genesect in the format. You had um, decks uh, like Flareon decks, uh, where you would play a bunch of um, acrobats and stuff, Battle Compressor to discard Pokemon. And yeah, you had a. It was a pretty a pretty fast format where you had uh, combos. Some decks would play like um, Archie's Ace, Ace in the Hole to bring back um, Water Pokemon. You also had like Executor if you like. If Toad wasn't annoying enough, you could play Executor instead, which would just prevent Super Toads from being played. Um, anyway, so and basically, <laughs> Empoleon was one of the sound super fun. <laughs> no, I actually like there. There are some. I mean, many people feel, feel like it was a bad format. Uh, when you get when you play a lot of Toad Mirror matches, you're not having the most fun ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are some interesting things. To, things like um, that era produced a, a bunch of very interesting cards that are uh, that were played for a lot of time, and I mean. Cars like Acrobag, Battle Compressor, VS Seeker would uh, not that VS Seeker, VS Seeker was a reprint from another card, but mm. uh, it came back at uh, that time and it was pretty interesting because um, it would uh, allow decks to play fewer supporters. You would play more VS Seeker and you could go faster with Battle Compressor, VS Seeker, things like this. Um, Trainers Mail as well, although it came out only in the in the next set, but mm -hmm. yeah, that um, that would allow for some very fast decks. I mean. Um, you had uh, Night March at the time as well, which was kept in check by Lysander Strong Card, but that was the kind of decks that was uh, promoted in that era, I guess. And Ooh, so for yeah, real and, quick, and somehow is this pre? Sorry? So this is pre Trump card ban. Yeah, that was pre Trump card. Yeah, exactly. Is this was it like was the card broken at this point, or was it not broken yet, or like had people not it figured was, it out? It was probably broken, but it didn't feel so. I mean, it it was always very good. Um, it was definitely very, very good. Um, and maybe it was broken. I, I don't know if that's how to, I don't think it was less broken than it was when it got banned. Okay. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, 
don't I still don't know whether it totally deserved that ban at the time. I don't know. It's it, it was but it was definitely very good. That's that's the main point. Okay. <laughs> and so um what you and yeah and so the the deck I played uh, there was a, a battle road so battle roads were basically what um, league challenges were called at the time uh, I mean there are some differences but that's basically it and uh, which was one like one week before our nationals in France because at the time you had uh, nationals uh, in plenty of countries mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't have international championships and so on I I know you know this but I for those who are listening who might not have been playing. Uh, at that time, no, um, I, I I love the explanation. Not caught up, yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> caught up on, on everything, and yeah. So, Empoleon was it had basically the Sinchino or Zorak GX ability, where you discard one to draw two, and uh, for one water energy, it would um, deal ten damage times the um, um, number of Pokemon in play. So it could um, do up to which... one twenty. Yeah, okay. usually like different might limit their bench or some sometimes, but you would at least deal about ninety, one hundred damage, which was um, <laughs> it, it, it was it it was good. Like this this was before um, GX Pokemon tag teams and so on. Okay, this this was, this was fine. <laughs> it's a magic. I mean, it, it a is... world with ninety being a good number is <laughs> a long way away. Yeah. I mean, if it was just the attack, it wouldn't be good. But this plus the ability meant it was pretty pretty nice. And there was a Swamp Earth that came out in Primal Clash, which again was another stage two Pokemon, which um, could, um, where you could put one card. Um, I, I, I'm actually reading the card again just to make sure I'm not uh, confusing. But yeah, basically it's uh, it had it's like uh, Macago's move over. Like you put a you search for your deck for a card and you put it on top of your deck. Oh, I love that! I was just playing Colossal today, and I'm just like every time I smooth <laughs> over, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's so great. Um, yeah, I guess we'll <laughs> if we're talking about Exploded, we'll have to talk about that. Oh, for sure. And and yeah, and basically Swamp Earth is um, yeah, it, it also has uh, the Alpha Growth Ancient Trait where you could attach two energy to it and uh, instead of one per turn, and it had an attack where you would deal more damage for each water energy on it. Um, so it could be used as another attacker. Mm -hmm. uh, but mostly, you know, you would. What these cards did together is that you could um, search your deck, do put any any card on top of your deck, um, then draw it with Empoleon. You had um, Dive Ball, so you could um, search for any of your Pokemon in the um, in the deck and deck. Mm -hmm. And the deck, like the deck, was obviously slow. You have two stage two, so it's slow to set up, and it wouldn't trade very well with other decks. But what we had in the deck is there was uh, Live Dew. Which was an ace pack, which if it's attached to a Pokemon, it gives up one fewer prize when it's knocked out. So you would put Life Dew on your attacker, you would um so it wouldn't give any prize when it's knocked out. And then you had Lysander's Trump card, so you would shuffle back every card <laughs> in your deck again, including the Life Dew, and you could search for Life Dew again on next turn and um and so on. So you would be able to get multiple users out of Life Dew and basically ca catch up on the opponent even though you were late, because um you could like not prevent them from taking prices. Obviously, they could um, boss. I mean, Lysander around it, things like this. But mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes they would take a knockout, but not take any prizes um, from it. And the deck would be very consistent once in place because you have multiple draw or search abilities. So it was pretty fun. I kind of wanted to to play this. Uh, like it was a stage two deck with multiple stage two decks. So that's the kind of deck I like to play. You know, slow decks with a lot of search and uh, and uh, draw abilities. Yes. 
and I somehow won in. And uh, obviously, we had to play a lot of stage ones in this deck too, um, because of uh, Toad being around. So you needed to be able to evolve um, your into your stage twos manually without using rare candy. Um, so that was uh, necessary. But uh, yeah, I, I somehow I think the the the, the third I won. There wasn't many. Were not many people playing Toad. Uh, they were playing other things, and this deck could beat Flareon and other stuff. And yeah, so basically, I, I won, and there were some people who were like, wait, Stefan is playing Empoleon again, he's going to play that for Nationals. And apparently some people were apparently convinced that I was going to play um, this deck for, for Nationals, which was uh, <laughs> which I never planned to do, because honestly, <laughs> um, playing a deck with multiple stage shoes in that, uh, when I expected lots of people to bring out uh, Symphony Toad was not a good idea. It sounds fun. But, so yeah, it sounds like you went in with fun. a rogue deck that was just like, this is fun. I'm going to enjoy the game. And it turned out to yeah. <laughs> go very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a better road, right? I, there was like 15 people or something. It wasn't like a huge accomplishment <laughs> or anything. But uh, yeah, I, I, it was fun to, to, to win that. So sometimes when people will, are like, oh, wow. So what is your favorite accomplishment and and like well i mean i won naic but also once i wanted i won a battle road with that deck and <laughs> people thought i was gonna gonna keep playing the the deck for nationals and it's i don't know it it was fun at the time because you it, it meant that some people were uh, it, it basically meant that i had this reputation for playing stage two decks and Empoleon specifically uh which yeah. I, I liked oh that makes sense that's a great story too i love the like <laughs> Because, like, there's just so much going on there, and it's just a reminder of, mm. like, every tournament can be fun and can oh, be yeah. something that you will, like, remember, even if it's, you know, it's a quote-unquote small tournament. It's like, but I got yeah. to play the fun deck, and I did well. Exactly. And yeah. I also manipulated I think... the whole French meta, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's. Just, I, I guess, I mean, that's not a topic of today's discussion at all, but... Sometimes I think that because of uh, most online tournaments having open deck lists, it's harder to play a rock deck like this because mm -hmm. people you won't have a, a the effect of surprise. You people will know every single card in your deck anyway, so it's harder to to bring up some rogue deck and surprise people in this era of online events. So you can go as far or not as you want with this question, but would you be a fan no. of closed deck lists for online tournaments or? you think the open is necessary? I don't think it's necessary. I think it's like, I understand why people, why most organizers do it. And uh, obviously it's understandable, right? You have prizes, you want to avoid limits, the the risk of cheating and so on. So I understand, but I've been playing the, the Atlas series, which mm -hmm. um, are tournaments which happen. Um, so you play one round uh, per day. So it's lasts longer. It's not like a tournament where you play once. It's just something that goes over the course of a week or more sometimes. Um, but it's nice because because it's longer. You can we can play rounds are best of three, mm -hmm. um, and it also they also play with uh, with closed deck list. Because it's revealed at the end. So if you like thinking that uh, someone cheated, they they chose another deck or they made mistakes. This happens to some of my opponents. Um, you can always report it to the to the, to the organizers. And I'm sure there there was there has been some cheating. I mean, I I use when I. I, I used to really note, <laughs> write down everything that my opponent played, and I checked after the, the end of the tournament, and I didn't see any. I most like the vast majority of the time, there wasn't any issue or anything. So, I think people are generally honest, especially when the the stakes are very low. Yes. Um. Uh, 
uh, I understand that if you're giving out <laughs> a bunch like uh, 500 codes, maybe people will uh, might be tempted to be more um, to be less honest. But I don't know. I, I've been playing this, and I think it's really it's nice, and I feel like it's a, be a better preparation for IRL events, right? Because sometimes you're playing PS3, um, you have you're like, okay, what what am I, is my opening playing? You figure out that is game one, and then game two, you see another tech, and I take that you didn't see, so you're like, oh, I have to take this into account. Sometimes I, I try to hide one card, so I can if I'm like, okay, I can win without it in game one, I'm gonna keep it, so they don't know I'm playing it for the for this. So it's it's interesting. I, I think it's. Like you have the there's a a part of the game which um, can be test like it's a different kind of skill which can be tested in these tournaments which you don't really see when there's in the open decklist tournament uh, and again and again I'm not saying it's open decklist it's bad or anything I enjoy it too mm -hmm. uh, but I like uh, I like I like playing with closed decklist a bit more and I think it would be nice if was if a bit more organizers took the risk and said yeah let's try this. Uh, even though um, people might cheat, and we don't want, and obviously we're not gonna spend, <laughs> uh, ask for a thousand uh, judges to come to check every every match or anything. But mm. um, I mean, sometimes you fall tournaments with very low stakes, with like <laughs> where you can win like five five packs. You, <laughs> I don't think it's the end of the world. I think most people would not cheat or anything. Yeah, like the game's fun. We should be there. To have fun yeah. and to enjoy competition, right? Or at least you assume yeah. that's what people want. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's not like it's impossible. To, like, if you if you remember that your round two opponent was playing um, a specific deck, and then at the end you see that they submitted another deck, you can be like, oh, wait, they they adapted, they, they changed uh, their deck, and you can uh, tell your organizer. Obviously, the organizer might not know if they cheated or if you are lying, but you can ask other players as well. You can do things like, if you really care about um, enforcing and being sure that no one cheats, uh, you can, like, you can ask. it's not like it's a completely lawless situation, right? You can, mm. uh, there are ways to help enforce that. But yeah, that's not the, <laughs> the main topic, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I feel like some people who are have only played online for a while might be a bit uh, surprised when when IRL comes back, if it comes back, I guess. Um, Unfortunate if, and but yeah. Something that's, something that's, I think, people will need to learn a little bit again. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, going off of this, and something that you might have experienced too, is I was sharing a list. Uh, it, it was an expanded list, but I was sharing a list with some friends, and I had a giraffe rig in it. And mm -hmm. they were like... But they already know what's in there. And I'm like, why why am I catering to open deck lists? Like, like, yeah, mm -hmm. the draft rig's not a good tech against stall when it's an open deck list tournament. But it's just like interesting how our mind has completely flipped to like, mm. oh, that's a pretty yeah. good tech, because if you can pull it out for their one of Faba, you can actually win the game versus oh, if they know it's coming, you lose anyway. It's like, yeah. Oh, I I wonder how deck it's building true. has changed for people now who are just too used to open deck lists. Or if it hasn't changed yeah. at all, and maybe you're they'll, you know, it'll be a quick flip back to playing an occasional tech. Yeah, I mean, sometimes techs can work even though, even if the opponent knows they're here, I mean, even if they know they have to play around it, obviously it's not as good as if they didn't know, but mm. sometimes it's still, it can still be good, right? I mean, even in IRL tournaments, you have to expect if you go very far, if you go to top eight, people might know what you're, um, have an idea of what you're playing and so on. Um, and sometimes, but also, yeah, go. Also, I guess that was that's something that um, I mean on on ladder that you don't know 
the case are closed, right? So obviously no one cares about leather, but if the CG Live comes out at some point and if people care about Ranked, yes, <laughs> I agree. I hope so too. Um, I mean, the, we might see a, like, we, we might see a, a flip, a, a, like, minds flip again towards um, trying, playing more surprise stuff to try to to win because the opponent will not know which decks you have and don't have that's the hope right like the number one yeah. rank actually matters or not even number one but like the rank and then suddenly it becomes mm. the pokemon we know again mm. yeah maybe <laughs> hopefully but hopefully. uh so a lot of the cards you started talking about and i was like i can't interrupt because i was really liking that story but also you said a lot of things like trainer's mail vs seeker battle compressor that are going to mm -hmm. lead into our <laughs> first thing that i want to talk about which is what is the difference between standard and the expanded format so you've played a lot of expanded lately i've been enjoying it too yeah. mostly because i don't mm -hmm. like standard uh mm -hmm. that, that's a different discussion but everyone <laughs> who kind of is like uh, i don't like expanded because it's intimidating or there's like a lot or there's so many new cards i have to learn so do you have any advice or anything or even just a rundown of some of the differences between the standard and the expanded format for some people? Yeah, I, I'll try. So I think the main difference is obviously in expanded you have a lot more cards, but it's not just that you have more cards, but you have a lot more viable strategies. Mm -hmm. Like standard, it's mostly the max decks, right? You have a few V attackers like Suicune, which are good, and some um, a bit... Um, I mean, some decks that are a bit different, like uh, Hoopa Moltres, um, Sableye, Inteleon. I don't know what's it called. <laughs> well, people call it Hoopa Moltres mostly. Um, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, mostly you have the same. M most decks have a bit the same um, uh, plan, right? You, especially VMAX decks, you want to evolve turn two and start attacking. It's not like you have anything uh, you can really do. On the first turn, going second, you could don't really have an attack. I mean, V Pokemon V usually have a, a, a an attack they can use for one energy, but not something that's really great. Or something that you can do if you go second, like I don't know, Urshifu's um, um, Rapid Strike Urshifu's attack, which I don't remember the name, where you go back to the bench. Strafe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Doing a thank whole you. thirty damage. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, it's mostly going back to the to the, the bench, so you can avoid being knocked out. I mean, or you know, um, keep calling or whatever. You have options, but um, mostly you want to go first. You want to attack, and games are apart from like uh, <laughs> whichever deck Sunder is playing and or on any given <laughs> week. Uh, you just try to win by taking prizes. In Expedia, you have a lot more viable strategies. Like you have very fast decks that are going to that are going to try to to attack the and take prizes very quickly. And I mean very very quickly. Like you have decks that can like taking two prizes on turn one is not very hard to do for many decks. Yeah. Um, you have um, decks that are a bit slower, but that that uh, so they don't take prizes as fast because they need to evolve things like Shadow Rider, for example, or like many Vmax decks in general. But that that have over um, things going for them which um, make up for the the loss of speed. So maybe these decks can ha can maybe um, play Garbodor to shut down abilities and make the opponent slower, or maybe they can they have healing. So if you don't one shot them, they can uh, deny prices by playing Max Potion or Acerola or something. 
Uh, that's something that I mean, we do have Cheryl in uh, standard, but that's not as good as Max Potion. There's a big difference. <laughs> There's a yes. huge difference. Yeah. Yes, but also since expanded has more options, and sometimes we have like. Yeah, Expanded has also more decks that can afford to play Max Potion or um, a healing card like this because they can afford to lose um, energy. Like, you wouldn't play Max Potion, um, like, for example, in, Sh in Shadow Rider in Standard, you wouldn't play a card like Cheryl because you don't want to lose your energy. But in Expanded, you can play Acerola in that deck because you get the Pokemon back and the energy, and you can use Attachy Energy again. To, so you don't... I mean, you still lose energy on board, but you can still use this energy again to draw. So that's, um, uh, so yeah, that's that works out better. Mm -hmm. And then you have even slower decks like Agro, which, uh, which wants to set up Vileplume on one to um, completely item lock the opponent. Like Vileplume is a stage two Pokemon which says players cannot cannot play item cards. So that slows on both players. But the Agro deck is built not to have to rely on items like it plays six item cards <laughs> um most of we, like which are like four tackles when you search and uh selfie hood usually just something you can grab with guzman hala when you um when you play it so these are only cards you want to on turn one before the the, the lock is played um and obviously item lock is going to affect your opponent very much it's going to uh, prevent them from playing many of their useful cards and deny their, their setup. And Agro still wins by taking prizes, but it does so very uh, slowly because its main goal is um, like locking the, uh, the opponent and preventing them from uh, attacking or setting up or taking prizes. And you have even slower decks like Stall or Control or Orbital or things like this where they don't even try to take prizes. They just uh, deny, remove energy, um, prevent you from um, taking prices, um, lock something active with no way to retreat, things like this. So really a, a huge uh, spectrum of strategies from the very, very fast, aggressive deck where you you try to take prices before the opponent can do anything, and a slow deck where you just react to what your opponent is doing, um, remove their energy, their threats, whatever, and um, try to survive and at some point establish um, a board state where you cannot or where <laughs> where you shouldn't lose and maybe like eventually just um, deck out the opponents i love that. so yeah there are mu much much more strategies which obviously if you're just if you're new to the game if you it's much it's harder to learn right obviously mm -hmm. uh, there are different strategies to learn and you see a card and you have to be like okay what is this gonna do and if you're not used to that it can be tough sometimes because you play like normally and it turns out it's a stall deck and you should have kept like you just discarded a card which you really should have kept or instead, you try to play, but you play too conservative, um, too conservatively, and you need you end up being too slow, and you cannot, and because you wanted to keep resources, then you just lose to the mad party deck because they go too fast. So yeah, you have to find the the right the right strategy against the, every deck, which is not, which in my opinion is very interesting and very um, like it makes for a very very good game, but. Uh, it's also a bit harder to learn than standard, where it's like, yeah, your deck is gonna do mostly the same thing. Obviously, if you're playing something like, say, Jolteon, you have to know where to put the damage on the bench. Uh, depending on the matchup, it's not gonna. You have to. You can have a general idea of what to do, but it's not like you're gonna completely change the way you play from one game to another. I love. So yeah, it. Uh, I can also so tell that's... you're a teacher. 
because you immediately <laughs> like you talked a lot and normally after someone does that i'm gonna summarize everything and then you immediately <laughs> summarize it and i was like oh he's good <laughs> he doesn't need me at all <laughs> oh no, no feel free to to ask interrupt or to ask me to clarify if something is not um clear right i no that was great i, I tried great I, I try to thank you very much. Uh, I try to make it uh, as easy to understand as possible, especially since um, you know writing stuff. To <laughs> I, I mean, I have some experience trying to teach people the game or mm -hmm. think teach them about the the game. But um, definitely, if there's something that's not clear or that you feel deserves more um, precision, then don't hesitate to ask. <laughs> oh, happily, because I want to uh, learn some stuff too. <laughs> okay, great. So yeah, so that was, I guess, the um, the big difference and maybe the bad news, which is that if you're um, new, you'll have to learn about um, more strategies. Now, the, obviously, that doesn't mean that, as I said, there are more cards in the, the format by far, but you don't need to learn every card, right? <laughs> uh, that's in the, that's in the, the format. Um, like in standard, there are staples, which you will find in many decks. Um, Engines are a bit more varied. It's not like everyone is playing for Creek Ball, for instance, for Level Ball or whatever. Um, <laughs> There's not the Inteleon engine I mean, in every deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, it's hard to find any card that will be in every expanded deck. Um, like, it's interesting because, like, I used to think closest. like Ultra Ball used to be that card for a while, right? Where it was like mm. every expanded deck, you just never unsleeve your Ultra Balls. We're at a point now where there are decks that don't play Ultra Ball. There are decks that don't play VS Seeker. You know, these cards that yeah. used to be, oh, you just play four of them because they're broken, right? <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely say, like, Ultra Ball is not even in most expanded <laughs> decks. It's, uh, like, some decks play, like, two of them to complement. But I think Quick Ball is, since Quick Ball was released, Quick Ball is usually better, especially since there are many expanded decks that only play basic Pokemon. Um... Although not that, not as many as you would expect. Like, uh, strangely enough, as I said, there are a variety of strategies. So, yeah, you have decks that are very fast as only play basics, but you also have many decks which actually play evolution Pokemon and would actually need evolution Pokemon to, to work. That's pretty interesting. Um, but sometimes you take the the expanded variant of a deck that you exists in standard or used to exist in standard, and it's actually a bit slower because you add some evolution Pokemon which are needed to counter strategies like um, I mean, the example we have are a bit outdated, but um, I guess we'll talk maybe about <laughs> some decks later, specific decks later but yeah, anyway um, I was um, yeah, so there's also no card that's in every deck uh, but also because since like Quick Ball is great for decks, for many decks, like most normal decks, but for example, Stall won't need that. They will just play Capture Energy instead and maybe Nest Ball, but they don't need Quick Ball specifically. Mm -hmm. um, VS Seeker is great for many decks uh, because you get to use your supporters again, but some very, very aggro decks don't want it because they would rather play more supporters instead because VS Seeker requires you to already have supporters in the discard, or you would have things like aggro, which cannot play item cards, uh, once Vacuum is up, so they don't play VS Seeker. Um, N is a supporter that's played in pretty much every deck, but um, again, you have some very, very fast decks, like the most <laughs> speedy of speed decks, which don't play it because they will be ahead in prices, so they don't want to play N because it will help their opponent more than them. 
Um, it has I guess Guzma is probably out. yes. ADP does usually. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, there have been lists without it. I think. Um, yeah, b back when ADP was played with Zacian, um, you had lists without N, mm -hmm. with just Research or Juniper or whatever, and Guzma, mm -hmm. and Guzma and Hela. Um, but yeah, but even then, many decks would just add one N at some point. Uh, but there are some some lists without N. But uh, nowadays, ADP Dragonite plays N. Um, so yeah, basically you have. Uh, so you still have some staples. So obviously N is in pretty much every deck because it's uh, like it's the main disruption card you can use to uh, try to come back from a, a bad situation where you put your opponent back at one card. And sometimes you can combine that with some form of disruption like, um, you know, Path to the Peak or Silent Lab to um, remove their abilities or Garbodor if you're playing a Garbodor deck or something else. So... Um, you can try to prevent your opponent from getting the the, la the, the, the last prize they need to win. Um, you have Guzma, which is bosses orders, but better because it's also switched. <laughs> it's also a switch for you, so that's also played in pretty much every deck. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for the rest, it really varies. So for people who don't know at all about expanded, there's this card called VS Seeker, which allows you to get back a supporter card from your discard. And most decks play. Um, VS Seeker. Uh, so, especially fast decks, uh, they will try to discard a lot of cards, and then you can, they can play VS Seeker to get back the supporter they want uh, when they need it. So, that's why in Expanded you see many decks um, only run a few supporter cards, like maybe they play, um, I don't know, three Professor's Research, uh, two Guzman, and one N, something like this. But they also play three or four VS Seeker, so later on in the game, and later on might mean starting from turn two, <laughs> um, they can choose, oh, do I need Guzma this turn? Do I need and Do I need Research? I can choose. And if for the, if the deck wants to play more situational supporter cards, then they also, that also works very well with VS Seeker. You can discard something like Colress, which is great. A great draw supporters if uh, benches are, if there are plenty of Pokemon on both benches. Uh, AZ, which you can use to heal one of your Pokemon or just to switch or just it's a good uh, card against some stalled strategies um, or um, other things like Marnie's play sometimes it provides some disruption earlier than N like against decks which don't really take prizes or take them very slowly um, Marnie is going to be usually better for most of the game than N um, so yeah, all these supporters can be played, but you can only play one of you can uh, just play one of them, discard it, and then get it back with Vesicure when you want to. So Such that's something you will game. see. In, yeah, that's something you will see in many decks, and also you have um, Tapu Lele GX, which you can, um, which is a Pokemon that you can play and has the Wonder Deck ability, where it allows you to search a supporter in your deck. So you can also use that to access your one of. Um, supporters, if they are still in your deck, like you want Guzma that turn, okay, quick ball, tapulele, um, I take Guzma, and then you play it. Um, also, there's Battle Compressor, which is actually not seeing that much play right now, but it's still a very good and uh, common card in Expanded. In Envoy, it's probably at the worst it's been <laughs> since uh, it was released. Uh, that worst is still very, very good. <laughs> a Compressor lets you discard three cards from your deck, so that is. 
use incubation with VS Seeker, so you can discard your your situational supporters early on to get them back with VS Seeker. You can discard um, cards that are not used, like texts that are not necessary in um, for the matchups you're playing. And then plenty of decks have um, discard synergies. So, for example, decks with Zacian, uh, you can discard Metal Energy and then get it back with Metal Saucer. Um, you have the same thing in Dark Type with Dark Patch. Um, you have, uh, or if you can also discard Dark Ride GX with Dark Energy to get it back. And um, um, yeah, you have you can discard Lightning Energy to get it back with Typical Prism Star. You can disc discard, um, I mean, other stuff like Giratina from Lost Thunder, which can, can come back to from the deck in play and put damage counters on the uh, 10 damage on two of the opponent's Pokemon. So what so are your thoughts back... going off of this topic? Like, yeah, I've heard before people say an expanded your discard pile is just like your second hand. Like it essentially just yeah. has a few more steps. Do you think that's an accurate kind of way to think about it or not quite? Yeah, for many decks, that's true. Um, you have to like you can get back pretty much everything <laughs> expanded you can get back um so many decks well not in every deck of course but yeah so some decks like if you take a, a typical turbo dark deck you can get back your energy with a dark patch uh you can play risky sweatshirt to get back a pokemon whenever you want you have vs to get back supporters you can play dozing machine and be able to get back any trainer card you want including items including stadiums um so yeah you you're really a, um able to take uh, back a lot of cards and and play a lot more with your discard it's, like it's not just where cards go when you don't when they play it it's also uh, a kind of resource so um that's true that said you shouldn't discard every card just thinking you can get them back because your amount no, i mean I, i'm joking but it's true like your your number of, of vs seekers is still limited so you shouldn't play uh so sometimes you're like, oh, uh, I only have one VS Seeker left. Um, I discard, both Marcusma are in the discard pile, so I need to choose if I play the VS Seeker now for N or if I keep it because I want to use it for Guzma next turn, things like this. So um, like even though you might think, oh, okay, you can get back card back from the discard, so you don't have to manage your resources at all. That's not true. Like <laughs> definitely, there are many games where you're like, okay, I need to be very careful with that last VS Seeker or that dozing machine or whatever. Um, to make sure you're not uh, using it wrong. I've definitely lost games for that exact reason of, oh, I'm going to keep using my VS Seeker for my draw support, and then it's like, oh, I don't have Guzma anymore, so I lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's happened to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, feel, it feels bad, but you're like, uh, you just have to flip that mindset a little bit, which can be, can be tricky going from standard to expand. Yeah. So... I'll preface this with a short story that I think some listeners will be able to relate to, and then there's a question at the end for it. So when I first started playing the game, it was pre-Worlds that Guardi won. Post-Worlds Guardi yeah. won, or whatever. It was, N was, was still, N was just about to rotate, is the moral of the story. I forget what year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, I had an expanded League Cup. I took my standard Buzzrock deck, and I put a Landorus EX... And uh, I think Scramble Switch was the best ace spec I could get on short notice. And <laughs> I got second in the League Cup with my essentially standard base deck. Can that happen anymore? Or is there an easy deck that's transitioned from standard to expanded? Or is it turned into this like entirely new format now? 
Um, it's you have decks that um, that work in expanded, that standard decks that can work in expanded. But right now, um, it's pretty different. If you had asked me uh, like one or two years ago, I would have said, "Yeah, you, you, this can still happen." But um, like VMAX decks um, are not usually that good in expanded. Sometimes they are too slow. And some, what is actually interesting is that the best um, VMAX for standard are not the same as for expanded. Mm-hmm. So Shadow Rider, um, Colossal VMAX, um, Eternatus, Turkey's VMAX, for example. These are cards that, um, I mean, Shadow Rider did see success in, in standard, but right now it's not good. But it's one of the best, if not the best deck in expanded. Um, all these other cards, like Colossal VMAX, which was never very good in standard, um, is one of is a great deck in expanded, and and it's because we have other cards that they work with that they can use in expanded, mm-hmm. whereas um, they don't have this uh, this in standard. And on the flip side, some decks that are very good in standard, like I don't know, Jolteon, um, Single Strike, uh, they're not going to be good in expanded because they don't gain much and or what they do is easily countered, or things like this. So, for example, Jolteon, yeah, it can deal damage, but um, it's easier to knock out, and many decks have healing cards, so they can uh, they can beat it, or they can... Fast decks can just knock out uh, uh, Jolteon V before it evolves, things like that. Um, so, yeah, there are decks that are, like, Mew VMAX um, does work in Expanded. Um, mm-hmm. It's... it's People are still trying to refine the list, uh, so but it's definitely uh, something that can. It, it looks to be a at least a decent archetype, something maybe tier two or something um, in expanded. But it's also played very differently than in standard. Even though fusion strike, like there are no fusion strike old fusion strike cards in expanded that you could play, right? It's still the same things. Um, you 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 VMAX in Expanded you would usually plays um, double colorless energy, so you don't have to play LSS Sparkle, um, Fusion Energy, and so on. You just play DCE. Um, you can play Skyfield to have more Pokemon on your bench, which means you can draw more with Genesect, which also means that you can um, also include some non-Fusion Strike Pokemon, which are useful, like the Pulele GX or Pseudo Wudo. That's my favorite part uh, of the deck. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I can have seven fusion strike Pokemon and still use Tapu Lele is like Yeah. Feels really good. Right. It is. <laughs> um you can also um and also the deck can run um Wally to evolve in turn one. So this way you can attack turn one even going second. Which like you do with Meloeta in standard, but in Expanded you can directly use Mew Max. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the interesting thing is that yeah, you you, you use Genesect uh, attack of course in uh, in expanded, but also the fact that Mew has um, other attacks is actually useful. Like Max Miracle is pretty useful because um, it allows you to beat things like DC Duai or Altaria or things like that. Um, you you can still deal damage to them, and the attack the Mew V's attack where it goes back to the deck, which yes. I have just forgotten the name of. Thank you, Psychic Leap. <laughs> um, this is also also good because there are tall decks or control decks that want to just remove all the DCE. They just want to fab out the energy and just remove them. But with Psychic Leap, you can go back to the deck and basically hide your Mew, hide your energy, <laughs> and uh, make it so that they cannot actually remove them from the game. And also it allows you to heal um, if you... Um, 
if your dam uh, your Mew is damaged, you can just um, heal it by making it go back to the deck. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty nice. Um, it means that... Um, th like, this is because of DCE, right? Because you don't need one additional turn to attack. You can just use one energy, and that makes it work. So, so yeah, it's still you still play. Um, I mean, you still play Mew, Mew V Max, Genesect. You still have Power Tablets, um, Battle VIP Pass most of the time, things like that. Uh, but also, and Quick Ball. But also, yeah, you have Ultra Ball, you have DCE, Skyfield, um, Trainer's Mail, and other things like that that you don't have in Standard. And yeah, I think that's the closest thing you have to a deck that's uh, to a good Standard deck that's also good in Expanded. That that makes sense. It's also really interesting, just like, even though I've been playing Expanded, the further away I get from being a new player, the less I think about this type of stuff of like, mm. you can't really just take your standard deck anymore. Although, like you said, Mew mm. is, like, it's pretty close in that none of the cards that you have to get outside of the A spec are, like, super difficult to get a hold of, I would think. Like, DCE, yeah. Wally, Trainer's Mail aren't super rare. <laughs> I would assume yeah, they're not. I agree. <laughs> no, they're not. And then yeah. the last part of the like getting into expanded before we get into a couple other like deeper questions on expanded is mm -hmm. do you have a recommendation for someone who is getting into expanded? Like what type of decks or which decks specifically would you think right now are the like this is a good introductory? And you've kind of already alluded to a few of them, but more I want, I want a specific recommendation. I guess. Yeah, okay. So my recommendation right now is Shadow Rider. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's one of the best like as I said, it's might be it's probably the best deck around right now. Um that could change, but I, I think it's here to stay. <laughs> I don't think uh, at least it, it won't be bad. And I think it's pretty nice because um first of all the cards are not too hard to find. I mean Shadow Rider many people have already Shadow Rider from from when it was good in standard. Mm -hmm. And even then they're not too expensive, I think, on TCGO at least right now, yeah. compared to other things. Um, you have Shadow Rider is like it has no real auto losses. Um, I guess I guess against dark decks it's tough, but it can still be uh, beatable. And I think the deck has a lot of um, good things. Like the, the your general game plan will be the same against most decks, right? You want to put a bunch of energy in play, which will let you draw cards, and then you will deal more damage. That's basically it. So that's pretty um that, that's pretty simple but the specific you will still have to adapt to whatever you're playing against so some decks you need to attach more energy than others some decks you can um you will need to rely on healing and some others you will not need that mm -hmm. um you can play Alolan Merc, which will shut down um basic abilities which is very useful to against many faster decks uh and some matchups it will not be useful at all so you at the same time, you have a simple game plan which can apply against everyone, and so you will never be completely lost playing it. And at the same time, um, you can still learn a lot about Expanded by playing it because um, you have multiple things, right? It's not a very, it's not a pure aggro deck. It's not a pure control deck. It's in the middle. So sometimes you will just try to go faster than your opponent and take prices faster. Sometimes you'll just try to survive, heal, and disrupt them, and that's how you will win against something like Mad Party or Sarina or whatever. Mm -hmm. You will, um, you play Merc and or Silent Lab and um, and N, and then they cannot do much. Um, and 
and yeah, and the more you play, the more you can you can get you you will see the effectiveness of some strategies. Like okay, um, Shadow Mist is actually useful against some decks, but I cannot completely rely on that. So how long should I be using that in a game before I switch to another attacker? Um, what is the best time to use um, Gengar Mimikyu's attack? Things like this. Yeah, the, um, that Gengar Mimikyu is... Uh, yeah. You can tell the difference between having it in expanded oh, and yeah. not having it in standard. Yes. It, it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, and the last thing, sorry, just uh, last no, thing about good. Shadow Rider in expanded is that um, um, you don't even need computer search or dosing machine. Um, I, I mean, I think... I think a computer search is optimal, but um, some lists have been playing Scoop Cyclone for a while, which is much less expensive mm-hmm. on TCGO at least. Um, I mean, IRL too, but it might not be easy to find. And even if you don't have any A spec, if you're just um, new, you join. Worst case scenario, you just put one more trainer's mail or something like this, and it's not optimal, but it's, the deck will still be good. I'm glad you answered that question because that was something I was supposed to ask. And completely forgot that I was supposed to. So thank you. Because I get asked that all yeah. the time when I put out a list that has like computer search in it. They're like, what else could I play? And it's like, well, I want to go dowsing machine, but like some decks I'm not sure. So the scoop of cyclone, I like that as a suggestion for Shadow Rider if you don't yeah. have the computer search available. Yeah. Even if you have it, some, for a while, people, many older lists were playing scoop of cyclone. And recently, Shadow Rider has become better when um, by playing computer search and, well, what was not the only change, but I think the I, I think what was missing from Shadow Rider was consistency. Like people had the the list we were playing for a while. Um, there, yeah. If you play against someone who doesn't have any disruption, then um, the list would be good enough, consistent enough, and they would eventually win mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. But if um, the opponent was playing, say, Path to the Peak, then suddenly you didn't have your draw power, and you would uh, it would become very very tough. Whereas with the current list, you have more, you have like four research or Juniper or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have computer search um, uh, in addition to some trainer's mail and so on. So you have more outs for when you don't have your abilities, which makes the deck more consistent and more resilient to disruption cards like Mephitopic. Do we play a resetting whole Marshadow since it works with the Fog Crystal, Treasure, etc. or no? Um, right now, I don't. It's definitely an option. Um, you you can you don't have to, um, but you can. Okay, that always makes sense. So, are you ready to get into uh, I guess a deeper dive of certain aspects of expanded? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want is this is for me. This is a hundred percent for me. Everyone <laughs> listening to this, you're welcome. But the biggest thing I struggle with is knowing when to go first or second. Sometimes. So. Would mm-hmm. you be fine if I run through a handful of decks and you kind of tell me first or second, or you can give an explanation to it. it doesn't have to be like a simple one word answer, but sure. I mean, it will be second for pretty much every deck, but yeah. <laughs> oh, in that case, do you want to say which decks want to go first? Is that easier than going through a bunch of them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Perfect. I don't know. <laughs> it, it feels like it's second is always better when you don't know what your opponent is playing, right? Mm-hmm. If you know the matchup. It might be a bit different, but um, for example, if I'm playing, even like when I'm playing a, a VMAX deck, like Colossal VMAX, which has nothing to do on turn one, <laughs> uh, I still want to go second if I don't know what the opponent is playing. Because um, if I, because 
in expanded, the vast majority of decks want to go second because they can attack, they can do stuff going second, right? Mm -hmm. um, Shadow Rider can use... Um, well, it's not ideal, but they, going first, they can still go uh, with Horror House GX. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they can basically steal a turn from you. Um, aggro, you don't want that deck to go second because they will set up five bloom before you can even play a supporter. That will be very annoying. Um, ADP, they, you let them go first. They alter creation turn one all the time. Um, Ultronic Rosma will most of the time be able to attack turn one. Same thing for Mad Party. Same thing for things like Volcarona, for example. Um, Picorum, you will, they will be able to use... Um, Vicavolt's Parasing Bolt on turn 1. Um, things like Mew Free Revival, even though we don't see that deck much anymore. Um, you, they will go Distortion 1, they copy Noivern GX's attack for 1 energy plus Dimension Valley, so they just item lock you on turn 1 for 1 turn. Um, uh, same thing for the older toolbox variants of uh, Mewtwo and Mew GX. Um, so it sounds uh, like I'm, I'm forgetting the... things, but but yeah, basically what I'm thinking, like usually what I'm thinking is okay. I don't know what my opponent is playing. What if it's aggro? Then I don't want to let them go. I don't want to give them a, a chance to go second because they they would love that too much, yeah. and I don't want to to give them the opportunity. And also um, by going second, I'm sure that I can play a supporter because if I'm going colossal and I go first. Yeah, sometimes I have a good setup, but sometimes I'm just like, well, I just open Slugma and I don't have any Nest Ball or Heavy Ball in place, so I'm just going to pass. And then I'm going to pray very hard that I don't get donked. Um, whereas going second, uh, even like between the, the Ball and uh, the Juniper and Corina and Anne and Marnie and so on, I should be able to get a decent setup. So yeah, I would go second most of the time. Uh, with a deck. The exception is if you're playing a deck that doesn't really need to go first, and uh, to go second, like that doesn't have any, any specific thing to go, to do going second. Again, like Colossal or Eternatus maybe, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mostly VMAX decks. And uh, if your opponent is playing the same kind of deck, like in the Colossal Mirror, you want to go first, because even if you go first and you have a bad setup and you don't have a Colossal turn one, your opponent will not dunk you or anything on turn one, so it's fine. You will just, like, you don't have a very... You kind of lost the advantage, but you're not in a bad spot or anything. It sounds like uh, I've been playing thing, Colossal yeah. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's not raw. I mean, m many people, like, that's my view, right? I've seen many people choose to go first in, like, with Shadow Rider against Colossal. I mean, I, when I play Colossal against Shadow Rider, I go second because I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to attack first, but I, I want to make sure that I don't um, have to pass with a, a lone basic into their um, Horror House GX plus Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather go go second and give them a small advantage just to make sure that uh, um, it works. I would go first in the Shadow Rider Mirror match. Um, Interesting. For what so it's even worth, with I, the Gengar Mimikyu, you think going first is... Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure, but the, the idea is that... Um, if Shadow Rider usually manages to set up decently going first mm -hmm. uh, with the Fog Crystals and the, the Treasures and things like that. And um, if your opponent goes turn 1 Horror House GX, uh, you, you, you will still have the Horror House GX of your own if you're on turn 2 or later on, which you can use to deny them, the, <laughs> to take back the, the turn they 
stole from you. So um, I think it's still okay. It's definitely a bit situational, right? Because if you go uh, second, you go Horror House GX, but the opponent just has their own Gengami Cube and energy already. They can just go Horror House again, and then you, yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah, that's always like, funny they, when they that can used just to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they can just cancel out the, the horror house with their own horror house. And then, obviously, the person that goes first, it's like instead of right now, it's, well, it's better to go first because then you can evolve it to Avimax first and so on. So that's why I think it's better. But if they didn't get the energy on Gagami Q on turn one, or if they didn't get the floatstone to retreat or whatever, then in that situation, going second can be better. Like, it, you can definitely win um, going second. I remember, um, I say recently, but it's. <laughs> It was a, a few weeks ago now. But yeah, I played against uh, Vinny Fernandez mm -hmm. in uh, Shadow Rider Mirror, Mirror Match in top four of some online tournament. And <laughs> like, he won the coin flip and you could see he was hesitating, like, do I go first or not? He chose to go first um, and I, I won. He, got, he went first again in game two and I won again. He was like, <laughs> do you think that was the right choice or not? And I like, I would have done the same, but it's a good question. Like, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's better, but there are risks. Mm. Uh, there definitely are risks involved because um, even if you can horror house later in the game, if you horror house when your opponent already has uh, an attacker powered up um, and a bunch of energy in play, then they will still damage your Gengar Q. It's not like a free turn, right? You still take damage for it. Yeah. You'd have um, to like so boss something or Guzma something and house that so they couldn't attack. And that's. Yeah. That might typically. be a little too awkward sometimes. It can be, yeah. <laughs> or even you, you do that, and then you're like, well, I, okay, I use mad there alone, Shadow Rider V on the, the band, but is that what I want to knock out? <laughs> uh, you know, so you maybe you have to Guzma again to knock out something else. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, it's a bit, it, it can be a bit awkward. That makes sense. It's also, it's nice to hear that you're even sometimes kind of like, I'm not sure which one's better, because yeah. anyone who's watched my stream or anything has seen me play Dex, and it's like, uh... I'm just going to do this because it keeps working, but I'm not actually sure. <laughs> I mean, that's how we figure out what what is good, right? Is by trying out and then seeing if it works or not. Also, a question then about, I don't know how much stall you've played, like a doll stall, Snorlax stall type thing. Is that also mm -hmm. a going second kind of deck? Uh, all right, so I I haven't played that deck. Like, okay. I don't really play stall. So uh, it makes sense. Yes, you want to go second because you can Steven's resolve in turn one. Mm -hmm. um, this way, um, like sometimes when, like if I'm playing, mo most of the time if I'm going, if I'm playing um, against that deck, I want to go second, uh, so that on turn one they cannot play Steven's resolve. They they might have a, a bad turn one because they really rely on on supporters most of the time, mm -hmm. and then I can try to dunk them. Not that it happens often, but it can happen. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, if you if you go second, you so they they have a, a weak turn one. They play, they open a basic, they play like capture energy. Maybe they get Zacian, then draw whatever. Mm -hmm. um, then you can set up attack, maybe take a prize on whatever they opened with. And they will, if they want to Steven's resolve, they will have to do it again turn two. And by that point, you will have played two. Um, uh, you will have uh, played two turns already. Um, you you have one more turn to uh, get the the end or the money to to shuffle that away. So I feel like it's it slows them down, but I'm not hundred percent sure. And you 
I feel like if you're playing maybe like Shadow Rider or something, it's probably better to go first in that matchup. Yeah, but that's a matchup. I feel uh, like Shadow Rider almost never loses that matchup. If they, yeah, <laughs> true. If they know Absolutely. if they know what they're doing, yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Well, or good, depending which side you're on. I've been playing a lot of stall, <laughs> so it's bad. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not a matchup you want to face. All right, I have another question. This is I'm gonna read just word for word what they said. So hopefully it makes sense. Okay. But given that expanded feels neglected in the way of official events. It seems like less people are giving the format a chance and exploring the best decks. We see, we see standard formats get somewhat figured out very quickly, but expanded events tend to flip-flop between certain decks. Is this a case of a format that has a lot of potential that is yet to be explored, or just the typical inward and outward movement of decks in the meta? Um, both? <laughs> uh, no, I think your, I, I think your first, uh, the first option is definitely uh, something I, I recognize. Like I think about decks that are not figured out, um, yet, I, I mean, it, it took so long for uh, Shadow Rider to, for us to get to a point where Shadow Rider feels really good. Like for a while, it felt good, but it was not consistent enough. And it took months to to get the kind of consistent list that we are playing now. And it feels like if this was standard, people would have uh, there would be so much, so many more tournaments that people would have tried that out and figured out it was better like months ago. Um, same thing, like even ADP Dragonite, which uh, was the number one deck uh, by far for a few months. It's still a top three deck in the format, very good, very and uh, seeing a lot of play. I still feel like we like there's stuff that we haven't figured out that hasn't been explored. Um, like when we when it was ADPization, we would play things like um, Target Whistle, uh, Mawal GX, things like this. And you, there's definitely a question to be asked, which is like we haven't really tried these cards too much in ADP Dragonite now. Um, are they still good? Are they still um, worth playing? Or, are they, or is it really not as good as other things? And um, yeah, I feel like, for example, the best ADP Dragonite list hasn't been figured out. I uh, think um, um, even things like Turbo Dark, I'm trying out some... I'm, I'm going to try some new stuff <laughs> soon because I, I feel like the way we've been playing the deck for a while is not ideal. Like, it's too hard to get a consistent attack turn one, and it's too weak to things like Pseudo Widow. And I think there's probably a way to make this deck work better for the current metagame. Mm -hmm. um, especially because like, you have a lot of Dark Wicked decks right now. You have Shadow Rider being very good, and often not playing any weakness guard energy. Uh, Mew VMAX is around. Um, Dragapult VMAX is still hanging <laughs> there sometimes. <laughs> Um, Carbotoxin's very good, so <laughs> that, that'll stick yeah, around. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so yeah, I think Turbo Dark is, should be in a good place right now, it's just that uh, I tried it like there was a tournament yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I tried the list, and then I, um, well, okay, I, I lost one game where I, get, where I just bricked, that happened, yeah, in best of one, and then I lost to uh, a Japanese player playing Mew Max. Um which you would think it was a good matchup, but I didn't draw that well. They had Pseudo Widow, so my board was limited. So, you know, it's like, okay, um, I have... I, I cannot have a lot of... I only have four spots on my bench. Um, I need a spot for Weavile Weavile because I want to be able to move my energy, and then I use at least one for the energy X because I need to draw cards, and then it's, uh, you know, oh, I... I started with Dark Rage GX, so I have that in play. Um, I want my own Pseudo Widow because I don't want my opponent to get eight sp uh, bench spots for their Mew Max. So you 
at some point you're like, well, I don't really have a good spot for a good attacker or or whatever. So it's it's a bit weird. I mean, I definitely didn't draw that well, so I I don't think the matchup is bad, but I still think that um, the list is not like with a better list. I this maybe wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think that Turbo Dark has been like the the way it was played and the way it was uh, the way we played it a year and a half ago is not uh, the right way anymore. We need to the deck to adapt. And so that, I guess, um, brings me back to the second part of your question because you said, okay, is it just uh, the deck, the format is not figured out or is it just that decks um, sometimes get good and not good? And I think that's also a part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes a, a deck works very well and then a new deck comes out in the meta game uh, that beats it or or, or the, the matchup that were good against it um, um, disappear for other reasons. And so you have to shift the way the deck is played, right? You have to change your list. You're like, okay, that tech wasn't useful, isn't useful anymore, we can cut it. Uh, I need to play this, um, maybe. Uh, and, and yeah, that's why you see, you see sometimes um, techs that disappear, but come back a year later and so on. So there's still a, like, it's not just people randomly playing stuff and sometimes things work and yeah. <laughs> uh, and just luck, right? There's definitely a, so, sometimes you definitely see um, lists, uh, a new type of list that come out and you're like, oh yeah, obviously that makes sense. Um, it makes sense to, to play this now because uh, we, because it's important, right? Like for example, um, Sudowoodo is seeing more play or will be seeing more play very soon. I think it starts seeing more play now because of new VMAX uh, being played more and more because of Serena being played more and more because maybe like if Chobo Dark or Adenatus come back to try to beat Dark Week decks, um, these decks usually won't have a big board, so Sudowoodo will be good against them too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, maybe Sudowoodo wasn't needed two months ago because um, against Stall and ADP Dragonite, it doesn't do much, but now that the, the format changes a little bit, um, it's better now. So, yeah, you, you have to adapt all the time, but also, since there are not that many tournaments, it's not always clear to see the trends because sometimes um, a tech is very good, but it's not. People don't realize that in time. Uh, they don't figure it out, and, um, and it's a bit. It's not always easy to to clearly see the trends of what's good right now, what's not good anymore, because uh, again of the lack of data we have. Yeah, it's hard because it's also just like not lack of tournaments, but what people play tends to vary so much like the metagame mm-hmm. from it was wednesday night for me thursday morning for you i guess but that tournament mm-hmm. it was like the metagame just didn't look like anything that the last i think atlas or something like that was the one before it and you know it was a 50 person a 30 person tournament it's like the metagame shifted a lot for like no reason mm-hmm. other than it was just different people playing because they were at yeah. two different times which is something that never happens in standard <laughs> right like the metagame doesn't shift at sunday morning versus monday night or whatever right time zones are, you know what i mean like so i think yeah that's all that's something really interesting to me about expand right now is it's like a league cup meta almost even though yeah it shouldn't be i see what you mean yeah yeah a little bit i mean even in standard sometimes you see um like that tournaments where for some reason jolteon is more popular or whatever just because i don't know someone just released a video on the deck <laughs> and more people want to try it out or things like that. But 
yeah, sometimes expanded people also sometimes people don't really know what to play. They just are new. They want to try out. So uh, they just see the the latest list that they saw on Twitter or whatever, and and, uh, and they try it out. Like sometimes you, I see oh Shadow Rider is the most popular deck, and I look and it's like people just playing the the list that uh, someone just won with the a few days before things like that. That's another thing that's interesting because the lack of content out there, like you said, sometimes in standard, someone makes a Jolteon VMAX deck and suddenly there's a bunch of Jolteon VMAX on ladder mm-hmm. in tournaments. Expanded content creation is so small. Like mm. I have one of the latest Archie's Ace in the Hole videos from over a year ago, and I still have people <laughs> commenting on it like, hey, uh, is this still viable? Can you update this? And it's like, not really. The deck kind of sucks now. But also, like, <laughs> this is from like you know, 14 months ago. Like, this can't be the newest one that you're finding on these things. So that definitely has to make a big difference as well. Yeah, I, I think so. It's it's weird because obviously Expanded doesn't have the same reach, like the same amount of players that Sodad has. But there are also people who are really interested in the format. So it's a bit... And I think like when you compare the, the amount of... Um, like the amount of uh, expanded content compared to standard was really like it's lower than the uh, the ratio of expanded players to standard players. I think if it makes sense, yes. like it feels like expanded players, even if they are fewer, they don't have anything to 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 read or to watch or or things like that. So yeah, there was a while um, where your once a week streams were like the only expanded yeah. content out there. <laughs> yeah i i need i need to get back to that i just don't i don't know no that's fair. I, I, I'm not trying to get you feel back into that too much motivation no 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 you <laughs> it's fine i just I, I know that some people would want to to see that again and uh, i i definitely will at some point it just not something that i really want to do that regularly it's more like yeah sometimes i f- i'm feeling i feel like it and <laughs> and so on if when TCG Live comes out, and when we get excluded cars on TCG Live, which might be another thing altogether, I will probably at some point, you know, stream myself playing the expanded ladder and trying to get number one in expanded. <laughs> That's probably something I will want to do at some point. I hope that... other people will will want that too, because otherwise it will be, it will be very lonely playing the, <laughs> the ladder. That's something that the current expanded ladder can be super frustrating at times. So I'm hoping. If there's a rank system yeah. for the expanded ladder only, that maybe you're going to get less binder drop decks showing up every once in a while, <laughs> and less donk. Ooh. Yeah. Well, the thing about if there's a, a new ladder system, I don't think we'll see many donk decks, because donk decks don't have a good win rate, which is just, it's just that if they lose a coin flip, they or if they cannot donk because the opponent starts with a with ADP, and they're like, well, that's too many XP, uh, <laughs> they just concede and go move on to the next game. Mm-hmm. So that's fine if you don't lose anything, but if you there's a ladder system like Hearthstone or whatever where you lose ranks for when you lose games, then these decks will not be a good idea at all. You're making Saving me want live Pro, more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, another question. This is probably the most important expanded question in the world. Do you tech for Shocklock? um if you can i mean it depends so the the nice things that there are techs that are good against shock lock which are also good against other things like stall um escape rope for example um underrated deck very good against uh like it like literally even switch as strange as it sounds switch is not played at all in expanded Mm -hmm. because we have flowstone 
which is better the vast majority of the time. But that's also something that decks prey on, right? Like Stoll uh, uses the fact that we don't play Switch, that we play Flowstone, so they just stick a Snorlax active and they're like, okay, how are you going to retreat your Crobat now? <laughs> and by just playing even one Switch, uh, you you can just say, well, now I retreat and now I knock out your Snorlax. Um, Escape Rope is a little bit similar. It's, it can be better in some situations. It can also be worse sometimes um, because you sometimes you just want to knock out whatever is in the active. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I think Escape Rope are one-off in some decks like in any aggressive decks. I, I think it's good. Like If you're playing Turbo Dark, if you're playing Picaram, um, Mad Party, things like that. It's a, it's a problem, especially Mad Party, because you usually play Parallel City in Mad Party, uh, mostly to remove your own um, Tidneys and Crobats. Mm-hmm. But against Shocklock, you can cut their bench down to three, to three Pokemon, which is um, tough for them, and then um, you can use Escape Probe to get rid of the, start, the active Slotland and knock out. And then you can play Guzman, and then you can knock out the, the, their lone Pikachu or the lone whatever. I mean, what wh- you you see whatever they are weak to, yeah. <laughs> with the the few Pokemon they left, and, and you you knock that out. Yeah. KO whatever um, they have the least amount of. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, usually these decks uh, like Mad Party, Turbo Dark, they play Dozing Machine, so you can get back the Escape Rope, um, or the Switch or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably worth playing in many decks because again, Escape Rope is going to be good against Snorlax. It can be good. Uh, it's not a dead card against uh, most decks, right? It's, it's uh, one more out, so I think it's worth um, in doing. Right now, apart from that, if you if it's, you're not playing a very fast deck, you're playing something uh, which where one escape probe wouldn't change much. Um, I don't know if it's worth taking against Shocklock because it's not like it's played a lot, right? Um, no, four beaches is a pretty high price to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And also, even then, it's not like it has an. I mean, it doesn't have the best win rate or anything. It's it's not a bad deck, but it's not. Um, it, it it's not a tier one deck or anything. So I don't think it's. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you have to take against it. Like it's good to have techs that work against it. If they also work against some, I think, other things. So do you not enjoy playing solitaire? Because you don't sound very into shockbox. <laughs> uh, I I actually love Shocklock as a concept. Like, I, what I love about Shocklock is that it uses cards from like every era of the game. Like, you have the Lilypup from the very se- yep. <laughs> first set in Expanded. Uh, you have uh, no, you also have Peony, which was recent, released pretty recently. Uh, you have like the Herdier from X and Y, a Stoutland from the Boundaries Cross. You have uh, Tropical Beach. You have Memory Energy, which is the Sun and Moon era. So you have cards. It's really like the the perfect example of an expanded deck where it's, you, it uses cards from all over the place, which only came together in this deck and were never meant to be played together, or you could never play to, them together in Southern, but in expanded, you have, they combine and they form this unique ar- archetype. So, yeah, I think it's like, I think as a concept, it's great. It's not the most fun deck to play against, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but it's not like, it's not a bad deck. It's not unbeatable. It's um, suffers a lot from uh, Marnie too, by the way. Um, that's another deck card you can play if you are uh, 
annoyed by shock lock and which is also very good against aggro against stall against these kind of slow decks um if you want to you... i was going to ask about why every deck you play has marnie so if you want to go <laughs> into it please do well that's basically it right that's um because against these slow decks and will usually give them six prizes um i mean aggro will take prizes but later on in the game so um for the the early part of the game when they're setting up it will just give them six cards but money only gives them four cards and um so that makes a huge difference against something like stall right they just they play Steven's resolve they get the three cards they want boom you get them back to the back to the bottom of the deck and you make them draw only four cards and since these are decks we don't play like research they play slower or more specific um draw cards like Cynthia and Caitlyn um they it's not like we can easily refill their hand and suddenly just get back to to it so yeah money is pretty it's a pretty good card <laughs> i agree but i always hear people kind of yell at me of like isn't n always better marnie sucks and expanded <laughs> whoever's doing this yeah. just doesn't know how to play it and it's like i don't think that's <laughs> oh, no, true no, no. <laughs> like the first time um about one year ago it's maybe a, no, it was a bit more recent, but um, nine months ago, something. So that was when Turkey's VMAX was one of the best decks in Expanded. Uh, with DCE, Green Exploration, you would just, uh, and a lot of healing cards, you, and um, Silent Lab, or Power Plant, or After the Peak. That was a fun deck, um, just as a quick aside. <laughs> that was such an interesting yeah. deck. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a kind of, it's a deck that's uh, where you still win by taking prizes, but in a slow way where you will. Um, always draw the right cards and out-heal the opponent, and I don't know, it's interesting. And the deck was pretty pretty good, and it specifically had a very good matchup against ADPization, which could never one-shot um, uh, could never one-shot Togekiss VMAX, and then Togekiss would just heal every, every turn, like, okay, I deal 120, and then I search my deck for uh, Max Potion, and another DCE, and then I will just attack again. <laughs> Uh, so they, yeah, they, they would just um, be able to heal every turn the, the attack of the, the adaptation player. And what the, the adaptation we saw was some ADP players started running uh, for Marnie. So instead of playing um, Research or whatever, we would just play Marnie and they would just keep playing Marnie against Sogekis and make them shuffle. Up. Because Sogekis would attack, search for two cards, typically Max Potion. Yep. And... ADP would just make them shuffle these cards back, <laughs> um, put their card backs, and sometimes, I mean, Togekiss did have outs, right? He played Great Exploration, so he could still search for cards, but yeah, sometimes the Togekiss player would uh, whiff at some point, they would whiff the Max Potion, or would, they would green for Max Potion, but they'd, then they wouldn't have the DCE or the energy, mm -hmm. and yeah, at some point they would miss one turn, and then the ADP player would just finish off the Togekiss and take one extra prize, uh, one knockout, and and so on. And uh, yeah, that actually changed uh, the matchup and allowed ADP to come back from a bad spot in the meta game to become good once again. And that's another good example, I think, of like meta shifts we see. Like when a deck, like, yeah, Exponent has a lot of different decks, and the meta game from one tournament to another can be very different depending on who's playing, as you said earlier. But um, sometimes you definitely see these sort of trends when it, where it's like, okay, we definitely show sure, a bunch of decks, but this deck and that deck are really good and a lot of people play them and you have to tech for them. And sometimes techs are figured out and some decks can really improve their matchups against these decks because they know they're going to face it in most tournaments. Mm -hmm. So they can 
shift the way they, they play and uh, adapt to that. That was really good. That was like a really good, concise, like you used a specific example, but that specific example works, I mean, probably forever for like the entire length of <laughs> meta games and everything. So I love that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Are you ready to get in some questions from Twitch chat? We have a decent handful yes. for you. Perfect. Sure. So some are standard, some are expanded. And you can go as deep or as shallow as you want to on all of them. Sorry, what's the question? Oh, the first one. The first one's coming from Blake. Is Brilliant Stars going to make standard fun again, or is it yeah. still just going to be Mew Mirror matches? Um, I think it's going to really change... Um... I think it's gonna it's gonna shift the the meta game a lot. Like I think we're gonna see new things. Um, Mew Mew will st still be good. Like definitely it will <laughs> still be a great deck. But I think we'll see um, some new stuff. I think Fire is gonna be very something very good. Magma mm -hmm. um, just great. <laughs> um, I don't know what exactly will be played with that. If we're gonna see um, Victini Vmax come back. Um, if we're gonna see Entei. Um, Whatever, but yeah, I think it's gonna be um, interesting. I think um, Arceus Vistar. I don't know where it will be played yet, uh, but it has a lot of potential, and I think we will see um, a lot of it. And I think it's gonna make uh, games more interesting. Hopefully, uh, I think we'll something we might also see is a bit more against, I guess, a bit less linearity in decks. So, for example. Right now, if you're playing a Vikni deck, um, you use Vikni because that's the only thing, <laughs> the only attacker. But uh, now with Magma Magazine, you can play um, you can play Moltres as a secondary attacker, which is something that has been missing a lot in Standard, I think. Uh, we don't really have secondary attackers. You just have your main attacker, and that's all. Um, same thing, Lithion. Uh, it gain, Lithion VMAX gains Lithion V-Star, which um, can be used to attack, maybe, but also it has the unique uh, ability. So you have... Um, so it's a choice, right? Like, do you evolve this Lithion into a VMAX or into a V-Star? Do I use the ability, the V-Star ability now? Do I keep it for later? So it has more choices. And um, yeah, again, I haven't tried out the new cards yet, right? I did, So yeah. I don't know, but I'm pretty hopeful that it's going to make uh, the game more interesting. And also I think that um, Turbo Energy, the new fake DCE, mm -hmm. um, gonna open some interesting things like i want to try out uh like for example we were talking about turkey's vmax earlier and i think that um like maybe this this can be a thing somehow in in Southern now uh but the release i want to try out see if it's if it can work if it's a, so and you know people are talking about control with dce with turbo energy where they um get shuffle elegos v back in the deck so they can use supporters again um can be played in Mew Vmax, <laughs> of course. It can be played in um like with Arceus V Star. Uh, I think you're you're gonna have more viable things, so hopefully it's uh, it will gonna be good. You ha you have me hopeful, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I hope so because I haven't like like you haven't I'm not a big fan of Standard right now. I actually don't play it much. <laughs> um I, I'm gonna. I play as many expanded tournaments as I can, but standard. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll pass. So, but yeah, I'm really excited to get back into standard when Brilliant Stars come out. So, I really hope it will make the the, the game more varied. Same. Like, I don't know. This what February March set 
is historically one of the big ones for like yeah. changing everything. So hopefully it's not hopefully it's not a sword and shield style change and it's more of a <laughs> every other <laughs> August yeah. set change. Yeah, but battle size was, was pretty good, so let's hope for more of that. Yes. The gyroscope Eevee asks, what is your favorite kind of sandwich? All right, that uh, <laughs> is not the kind of question I was expecting. There's going to be, it's um, mostly Pokemon questions, but there are a couple. <laughs> I thought it was like, yeah, some are standard, some are expanded, and I guess some are sandwich questions. <laughs> um, uh, what kind of sandwich do I like? I don't know. Or do you not like any sandwiches? Uh, no, I, I do. I, it just, you know, also there's, there's a whole debate about whether X is a sandwich and, and whatever. So, you know, um, are we like, your if, controversial if say, opinion here? I don't know. If I say hot dogs, uh, am I going to open, you know, like a huge debate in the, the chat or whatever? <laughs> I will very safely say that would not be the worst food opinion this podcast has ever had. So <laughs> you are allowed to if you want. Right. Uh I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I'm forget suddenly forgetting a, a kind of sandwich, but I don't know what. So I'm gonna say a hot dog. Just uh, <laughs> enjoy the possible controversy. <laughs> you heard it here first. Stefan's favorite sandwich is a hot dog. <laughs> I love it. All right. Next question. Going back to Pokemon. Charizard X Best asks. What was the worst event you've ever played it? Um, like the worst run, run or what? That's um, where I would have gone with it. It's like, oh, this regional was just like run really poorly. Or shout out to San Diego regionals for the online system crashing and them having one paper pairing for six hundred people. That's that gets well, my vote. It was bad. <laughs> um. So there was, I mean, we haven't had anything as bad as that in Europe, I think. <laughs> I've heard um, only good things was a, about European regionals. Yeah, there was one once where there was an issue where, like, time was called too early in round two or something. Like, it was called 10 minutes before it should have been, so there were a bunch of ties. Ten? and when people, That's a lot. And, <laughs> yeah. Maybe five, ten, but yeah, I think something like, something like that. So there were a, a bunch of ties, and then people complained, and... Uh, they didn't want to fix it, and so, um, yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Um, but the rest of the tournament was fine. That was Howergate Regionals in the UK, I think. Okay. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was. Um, there was also uh, another regional um, a while ago. <laughs> in Bremen, in Germany. Uh, well, I, like, I don't remember that much. I also, part of my bad experience was because, uh, <laughs> like, I, I went there with some friends. We took a, a, a bus which ran all night. So we were we arrived, we, we slept in the bus. It was pretty, <laughs> we were tired and everything. So it was already not the best circumstances. But um, yeah, the, the venue was weird. It was like, I don't even know <laughs> what it was like. We felt like we were uh, playing in... Uh, like I don't know the it, it was like a uh a concert venue or something, but yeah. you were not we were only playing in like the the uh 
the entry hall or whatever. So I don't know. It was weird. It was not like a big room. And you had stairs everywhere, and, and it felt like people. There were tables wherever you they could fit them, and at some point it rained inside because there was a, a small <laughs> leak or something. So you know, you, you are you are like you're playing, and then you have people like five meters away from you complaining like it's raining on our table. <laughs> you're like, what is happening now? Uh, I think they had uh, a few delays at, with the organization as well, but uh, at least in the, I have a vague souvenir that it was uh, there were issues. But I don't know. I feel I feel like if I think about it, I can find um, times where there were issues. It's one issue or another with the, the organization, but there, I don't think there was any like terrible event anything like where everything was wrong it was like okay yeah in that tournament there was uh this big issue with um judging or with this one there was um like the i don't know there wasn't even enough room and then they didn't want to let people play or whatever like there are examples but i don't think there was anything terrible but i'm sure that i'm forgetting something but people with, <laughs> with a, a better memory than me for these kind of things will be like <laughs> will remember things because i uh, there are always people like people who have bad experiences with for one reason or another. I'm not saying that's not I'm not saying that's not valid by the way. I mean, it's just like right now I when I think about regionals, I I'm only thinking about the good stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I just miss that so much. So I don't I'm not thinking about the, the bad aspects. I respect that one hundred percent because I think most of us are missing the good parts of regionals right now. <laughs> yeah. Aging subset asks, what is your best upset win in tournament memory? So is there an upset win that you can remember where you're like, oh, I made a really good comeback? Um, or beat someone you didn't expect I, to beat. That's also an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've I had a few. I've had a few. I'm just trying to, to think uh, like... No, this is a question that I've only been playing for like three and a half-ish years, and I'm like, there's so many good ones that it's hard. I can only imagine someone who's been playing even longer and going to way more tournaments and performing better is like, there's got to be a bunch of like yeah. Um, so I don't know if it really fits uh, as an upset winner or not, but it was one of the most memorable, uh, one of my mem most memorable wins, I think. Uh, that, so that was uh, in NAIC uh 2017 so the one i didn't win <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Sorry. the other one <laughs> <laughs> I, I still made top 16 so what, what was uh so yeah so that was basically important part that i um so that was a year where i couldn't really afford to play much because uh i was I had that new job as a teacher and i couldn't really afford to take i was working on saturdays and i couldn't really move the changed my schedule around so because it was my first year so i was like okay well i'm it was the first year where we, when we had the new uh structure with the new big regionals internationals and things like that and so i had to watch all my friends go to uh, regionals and be like well good luck i cannot go but i uh, hope you win <laughs> and uh i only at the end of the year um i had a bit more time and i could afford to go for, to some events so even though i played in like league cups and things when, whenever the way there were today events i couldn't go to them on the weekends mm -hmm. um except during the holidays but i think that didn't work out very well and but yeah the other, the other year i managed to go to more 
events and I did started doing very well. And suddenly I was maybe in contention for being in the Europe in uh, Europe top twenty two, which uh, was which guaranteed the the travel award and um, the qualification for day two of Worlds. Mm -hmm. So yeah, at the very end of the of the year, but I needed to get a big result at uh, NAIC. I need to get top 16. So I wanted to go to NAIC because I, I, at, at some point I was like, well, I might not be able to go to Worlds, so I go to NAIC instead. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be uh, a great experience. And um, and yeah, and I, I needed to basically make top 16 if I wanted to um, finish uh, 22nd in the European rankings. <laughs> and um so after four rounds i was 2-2 and i needed to win the next five because at the time it was 7-2 to go to to day two and somehow i do it <laughs> uh like after when i was like okay just just four left okay just three left and so on <laughs> and then day two i'm like I'm starting well and I'm suddenly i'm like on table two or three or something and i'm like wait i'm actually doing very well then i lose a game and then i'm like okay um uh and anyway i did basically i wasn't at the last round so round 15, I wasn't in condition for top 8 anymore, but I would make top 16 if I won the, the round. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a pretty important match for me. And I was playing um, Decidueye Ninetales. Ooh, that's a fun one. Which, which was uh, very interesting. So yeah, that was the, the format was um, up to Gardens Rising. So that was when we just had Tapuli GX, Garbodor, Fieldblower, um, all that good stuff, which uh, Tapuli GX. Um, which meant that um, um, the format was changing a lot because plenty of older decks were not working out uh, as well. You couldn't play a very fast, very aggro Vulcanian deck because with 30 item cards because you would lose to Garbodor. But at the same time, we already had a multi several regionals with uh, this format. So Drumpa Garbodor was figured out, was well known at this point, and people were trying out other things. Um, to try to, to beat that and to beat the metagame. So you would have um, zo um, like Drumpa Zoark, I think like that, which would be played. Mm -hmm. um, people were playing out um, Alan Ninetales. You had slower builds of Volcanion with Starmie and things like that. Um, you had things like Metagross running around. Uh, so yeah, very varied metagame, lots of, uh, uh, lots of variations. And, um, and yeah, that last round was against uh, Volcanian. So that, that was uh, Michael Catron, if I don't, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Decidueye Ninetales um, really relies on Decidueye, which has fire weakness. So that's not the best matchup. Decidueye stays on the bench, so it's not the end of the world, but they will be able to take prizes at some point with Volcanian by um, Volcanian. I, have, I do have a water attacker, which is um, Ninetales GX itself with a choice bench, which will deal um, 80 damage to the active uh, Volcanion for our DCE, so 160 with weakness. So you add 20 from DC Dui, that helps. And I had a bunch of... The deck also had some other interesting cards, like Tepukoko, which would spread 20 damage, or the Mewtwo from Evolutions, which would deal 20 plus 20 per energy on the opponent. So you could do like 80 damage or 110 with a choice band to a Volcanion, things like that. And uh, so I think I win game one, I lose game two, and it's game three, and I'm like, okay, I really need to win this. And then I start playing, and I figure out, and I only had one Alan Ninetales in the deck, where it was a 2-1 line of Ninetales, but it's just, uh, it wasn't the, that's a good option. And I see that my Ninetales is prized, 
So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be so bad. Uh, I'm I'm like, uh, my opponent takes prizes. I'm like, uh, free prizes down or something. <laughs> and uh, I start thinking, I'm like, okay, I can wait. I have to, things I have to go like exactly this way. At this turn, I have to do this. I put the damage controls from this to at this point here, there, and like I start playing like two or three turns ahead where the damage controls would go and what I would need to to do in every turn, what I would need to do, to be able to to win before the opponent took enough prices. And I, like it actually went exactly <laughs> the way I, I wanted to plan. And at the end, I was so happy. Like I run to my friends who are watching from afar and they were like, "Wait, did you win? Like you were three prizes down. We thought you had you had already lost." And I was like, "No, I won." <laughs> and uh, so yeah. I, like I remember this game. I don't even remember exactly what happened. I just know that I was like, okay, so I need to attack with Coco this turn and then Mewtwo with the choice band, and then like I I had to get an exact plan for how to how to to map out my prizes uh, over three turns or something. That's impressive. That just sounds like whatever you figured out to get there was like next level Pokemon play. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I mean, I did get lucky, right? Because he was playing one max potion. I saw it in one game and if, if he had drawn it, it could have completely uh, ruined my strategy. And I kind of forgot about it uh, <laughs> when I, I, plan, I made my plan. But also there was no way for me to play around it. So I had to hope he wouldn't draw it anyway. <laughs> or that it was prized. <laughs> Well, we take those. So you ended up with the day two invite then to Worlds. Yeah. That's exciting. That's that's such a great way to end the season. <laughs> Just barely. It was, yeah, I, I, was, I was so happy. I mean, there was some luck and some, and some skill involved, like always in Pokemon, I guess. I mean, I read your article. It might be a little <laughs> more skill. I know you. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I mean, that's, a, that's a kind of the thing, right? Is that I, I don't, I feel like... I, I feel like most people would have lost that game. Uh, they, and I feel like even me on a <laughs> on a worse day, I would have lost that, that game. Would I wouldn't have figured it out. Uh, but still, I could also have played perfectly and still lost because he drew the max potion at the right time and and so on. So it's I want to recognize that even though I think I did play well and I definitely think that uh, it was not obvious or anything. First, uh, I I still also needed some luck to for that win to happen. Right, or at least some luck to uh, make up for the fact that had I had prized the <laughs> nine tails, which was the key to the to the matchup. Like, I don't know. I, I as a, if you read the article, you know what I, I <laughs> what I, I, I said. I, right? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to entirely blame luck or say that I won because of luck. I just want to recognize that it plays a role in the game, and that's uh, just something that's it's just the way the game is. Yes. Next question: uh, Scrivel Pop asks. What are your thoughts on Seismitoad, Vigavolt, or any other like uh, attacking item lock decks in Expand right now? Um, I don't think they're good uh, enough by themselves. Uh, I think very small Vigavolt is a great addition to a Picorum deck or uh, to ADP Dragonite. I don't think that a deck that's based entirely around it uh, would be good enough. I mean, some people try that sometimes, like with Vigavolt and Sometimes it makes top eight, but it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem good enough. Like um, the most aggressive decks, things the deck that would uh, be that can be ruined by item lock, things like Mad Party, for example. Uh, they have Pokemon Ranger, so they can console it for at least one turn, and then more turns if they play via Seeker to get it back. Mm -hmm. um, so they can at some point say just beat that. Uh, actually, I know that remember know that I think about it. Um, when uh, there was a tournament where I played Mad Party and I did win against a, a Vika Vault deck 
like Vika Volt, Patrick the Pig, because, yeah, um, I mean, they would, sure, it's, uh, item lock is strong, but when, sometimes you consider it for one turn, and then you just play three battle compressors in one turn, and then you just one-shot things for the rest of the game, so. Um, uh, that, that'll do but, it, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, so yeah, but I, I think that's one weakness of the, this kind of decks, and um, against other decks, like slower decks that don't play Ranger, that don't need that, then they can they are not as bothered by the item lock and they can still set up um, without it. Like Shadow Rider, sure, it's going to be annoying if they cannot play Mr. Treasure, but they can still play support your cards, they can still evolve to their VMAX, draw cards with the ability, mm -hmm. and eventually they will do more damage because Vikavol doesn't do a lot of damage, especially against uh, a VMAX deck. And I'm not even talking about Colossal, which um, is cares even less about item lock, uh, can deal with uh, has Macago and the wrong crew to draw the cards it wants, will hit Vicavolt for weakness, uh, doesn't care about Path to the Peak, um, can reduce damage from Vicavolt with stone energy and so on. So, yeah, I, I think Vicavolt is a good secondary attacker, but not a good main attacker. Yeah, that makes sense. That's also a really good explanation of why. Because when I read the question, my first thought was like, I don't know, they just don't do much damage, so it sucks. But yeah. you went above and beyond it's, that. It's a bit, a bit of this and a bit of whatever the address of what I said, I think. Sir Pandage asks, this is a long question, but let's, let's read the whole thing. After reading your cool article on luck and probability, Stefan, if you have a choice to... Oh, that's a good question. If you have a choice to teammates for an essential knockout, but leave yourself with an unplayable hand and take two prizes... With two out of six leading you to get out of a dead draw, would you opt for research or teammates and why? So the idea is, and you might have understood it, but I'm going to reword it anyway for listeners. Yeah. So you can teammates for a guaranteed knockout, and you know two of your six prizes are outs. Or would you rather research and get a larger hand and potentially miss the KO? Uh, so I guess it depends on... Um... What the, the of what the rest of the deck is right like with research how likely is it that I get a knockout or not? Um, if it's like I have to if it's like I, I need to hit one specific card in my deck and I have twenty cards left in the deck, then yeah no it's not worth. I would rather play teammates and get my two cards. Plus it's possible that my opponent will end or something on the next turn. Um, and also it depends I guess on whether um, like. If I have, if I don't draw the the outs uh, of my prizes, is like how bad is it? Like, is is my how is my board? Can I still like we are still taking a knockout on the next turn or not? Like, for example, if I'm playing um, Shadow Rider and I, I mean, not Shadow Rider, play teammate, but you like if for example Shadow Rider it takes a knockout, it still has all the energy on the board, so it, it doesn't need. Um, uh, you don't need a hand. So, right? so, like so even if I don't draw, um, I will still be able to be, have a, a good turn on the next turn. Um, whereas if I'm playing something else, um, uh, I don't know, other decks might struggle. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of it depends on it, a lot more. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. There's not, there's not one universal. Like, the, the, the question is basically a, a math problem, right? Like, is it better or not? And I think the answer is you need to know the exact parameters of the, uh, the, the parameters. I would, like, if I 
I would tend to go for research um, be- if my odds of getting the knockouts of the research are decent, but um, like that's not an exact uh, answer. It also depends on w- how important is it to take the knockout or not. Like, um, if I take knockout but have nothing, but I just knocked out the most important attacker in my opponent's deck, then it's fine. If it's uh... <coughs> sorry, you're good. If uh, I do that and they can just knock out my opponent, my Pokemon again, uh, and it's not like it's not as important for me to get the knockout. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's basically I, I cannot give an exact uh, yes or no answer, but I can give the like that's basically what would go into making my decision. No, that was a great answer. Oh. I think that answer is exactly what people need to hear as just a reminder of every single situation in the game requires so much different pieces of information to have like on your mind, all these different inputs that you're kind of thinking about before you make that output or make that move of like, well, what is everything going on? Which is something that sometimes we struggle with, especially like you said, standard so linear that sometimes we forget the like (laughs) these other pieces Mm. of, well, what's the board? What is the actual matchup? What resources are left? You know, all these other things. Mm. next question two more yeah yeah they're either quick ones or not i guess it's up to you but (laughs) insomniake asks coming from another french guy do you like the french pokemon name or the english ones (laughs) uh i I like a lot of the of the french pokemon names is that because you grew up with it or are they better they might be better i don't know partly partly because of that yes (laughs) uh obviously um but i think they, they did a good job um most of the time, um, like having names that were, uh, yeah, most of them are like cool, good puns, or <laughs> they like I I know that some people, you know, when I when I speak to I don't know people from Italy or whatever, where they didn't translate the, the Pokemon names, they used the English names. Mm-hmm. They're like, why would you need to translate the the names? That but as someone who grew up with uh, in France with French Pokemon names, like I couldn't imagine. I feel like my childhood and everything would have been so much different if I had uh, grown up with Squirtle instead of Carapuce or whatever. Like, it's just, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It's, those are names. Like, for me, I don't know. It's, uh, I think overall, it's, it, they did a good job. I think later on in the, in the later tr- generations, some of the translations were not that good. Like, they, I think they changed translators and I think they, that some of the, the names started being a bit less goofy and trying to be a better like i guess a more accurate translation but that makes for a worse pun or things like that mm-hmm. and i'm not um i think some names could have been better but yeah overall i'm very <laughs> very happy with the french names so do you play with french cards because you prefer or do you play with the english uh, cards for icy I reasons play with whatever i can <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever I can get my hands on, but usually it's English cards because they are cheaper to get. <laughs> really? French cards are very expensive. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That's surprising. Yeah, because of yeah, a lot of collectors and prices. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly right now how it changes, but uh, you know, as someone who travels for uh, tournaments and so on, I get a lot of uh, booster boxes. Well, not a lot, but I can get booster workers either by winning or by you know if i go to original i can maybe buy one of someone who just got top eight and want to sell one or judge or whatever so it's not it's easier for me to get uh if i want to open a booster box i 
can get it uh, in English decently easily. And sometimes in French, they are like twice as expensive. So, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I would also yeah. go with that option. I, I will say that for some um, some specific cards, like uh, singles, uh, it's very cheaper in French. Like, cards that are competitive cards, you know, like, um, I don't know, did an GX, for example, these kind of cards mm-hmm. where collectors don't have a specific interest in them, but players will want to, to buy them, uh, will want them. Um, these cards can be found, they, they will tend to be more expensive in English, but otherwise they're pretty expensive in, in French. Last question. Sandy Beach asks, what is your favorite energy card and why is it double dragon energy? <laughs> um, so, prob- I don't know, probably double colorless <laughs> energy, maybe. Um, but yeah, a double dragon energy is uh, a pretty interesting card when you look at it um, from the perspective of what's different in expanded and in standard, right? Because there's no equivalent. Oh, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. some people, I, I, we have some people in the French community have a theory that double dragon energy is going to get reprinted or at least. Uh, some light version of it, like maybe like the Chobo energy, which is a worse DCE, there will be a worse DDE. But I don't know, some of the recent dragons that were revealed, um, like Garchomp and Flagon V, uh, don't make a lot of sense. They're basically unplayable, but... The if you so if double... bad without anything, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with a, a, a double dragon energy or something like this, they could actually maybe be played. So, I don't know, maybe they... <laughs> We're thinking maybe they, they, they will at some point reprint uh, uh, a special energy for dragons. Um, anyway, right now, DDE really makes a, a big difference in, in Expanded because it's like it makes every dragon cast much better. ADP, mm-hmm. obviously, Naganadel and Guzzlord. Dragonite V is like if you ask someone who only plays Standard, they probably don't know what it does. They have probably already forgotten about it. Uh, but in Expanded, it's one of the. Um, main attackers, and that's entirely, well, 90% because of DDE and 10% because of the Puko Copris and Star. Um, <laughs> I love that combo, though. That's, it's so much fun. It is. Yes, it is. I agree. Like, it's, it, it's nice. And I really like that there are cards that, were, that are good in Expanded, but are not good in Stuttered, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it gives uh, each format uh, its own flavor, I guess. It's own way of being, but it's, just not, it's not like, oh, Expanded is just standard, but with Ultra Balls and Super Rod or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, there's a bigger difference between the formats. I agree um, with that completely. It's like, like when you mentioned Togekiss, part of the reason I said that deck was so fun is I do enjoy a slow, I like taking prizes, but I like playing a slow game, but also Togekiss was unplayable, and then it was good. Yeah. It's just it's so much fun where it's like, oh, this was bulk, but good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you could say this again. You could say the same about Colossal V Max, right? You yep. can say the same about Dragonite V, about Serena V, mm-hmm. um, about Blissey, maybe a little bit, Volcarona. <laughs> I don't know. There's all sort of things that, like, even Mad Party, right? The Mad Party cars are instead right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, no one touches I, them. <laughs> yeah, no. They, you shouldn't touch them instead of, don't do that. But it's playable. It's not the best deck ever, but it's good. Yeah, it's so, that's a that's a good I feel like ending point of like why expanded is fun. <laughs> it's just it's different. It's, yeah, there's and so sometimes you can get, 
Yeah, and you get even recent cars. You get to play with recent cars that are not good in standard or not good in the specific current meta game, and like Shadow Rider again. <laughs> and, but that can work in expanded because of combinations or because they're, uh, you know, Mad Party works in expanded because um, it's it is faster as battle compressor, but also because there you you won't see Intilion in every deck, and uh, and also because you have. Double colorless in addition to twin energy. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why it works. <laughs> uh, yes, it's I don't know. The tools are cool. I'm, I'm a fan yeah. of the tools, even though sometimes they can be a little much for some decks. It's mm. it's nice to have the options for them. Yeah. So, Stefan, if people want more from you, where can they find more of your everything on Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm on Twitter. Um, at Lubilul, um, you probably be written somewhere, but uh, L U B Y double L U L E. Um, you can follow me there if you want. I, if you're interested in expanded, I tend to post lists when I do well with them, which is not that often these days. <laughs> I mean, I don't play that many tournaments because it's hard when you're in Europe. Many tournaments are during the night, so for us, so it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you can also read my stuff. I write for Channel Fireball uh, or Channel Pokemon, which is the Pokemon branch of CFP. Um, so you can uh, read some of my articles there. I recently, during the holidays, released uh, there were two of my articles which were reads for free. So you can read them even if you're not a subscriber, uh, including so the luck article we <laughs> alluded to a bit earlier and um, a guide to Expanded, which specifically goes into um, Shadow Rider and how to, to play it and why it's a good deck for, for Expanded. So yeah, if you want to <laughs> to learn more, I I mean, you can check out this article. It's free, and uh, some of what I say in there, we, I just, we just discussed that, but um, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the article, and you should read it, is what I'm saying, basically. And, uh, I, yeah, and I also that. make <laughs> Thank you very much. And also make videos for, for Channel Fireball as well, so that's on their YouTube channel. Um, at the end of every month, I do the Expanded Power Ranking, so I talk about what happened during the month in the world of Expanded, um, which new decks are out, which uh, decks get better, get worse. And, uh, and then during the, the rest of the month, I do gameplay videos about random decks <laughs> mostly standard some expanded sometimes when i can convince them to let me play expanded <laughs> <laughs> and then for anyone who's listening in the description box of the podcast we'll have stefan's twitter linked and then i just checked your pin tweet is one of those two articles that you recommended so <laughs> super easy for anyone to find make sure to go check him out and of course myself you can find me on twitch twitter and youtube at mellow underscore magikarp this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.